All right. After hearing from Big John, we'll have Little John. Um, chapter 23 of Genesis. This is an this is an awesome book. I I really appreciate how we are studying Genesis. And um, but uh, before we do, um, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if we have welcomed uh, a sister from the Philippines who will be moving here. In fact, we, she has moved here already. Uh, her name is Celine. Celine, you wanna uh, stand up? Or is it Celine? Oh, she's there. She's there. Celine. Celine. There you go. I was like, welcome her. Okay. Um, let's, let's do pray for China and, and the world, especially during this time that, um, you know, we're affected by a virus. And I, I really pray that well, God will protect us. And God will. I believe that. Amen. But uh, so we got to be careful. But at the same time, let's really go to God in prayer, uh, include China and, and you know, um, uh, and all of us uh, to, to be protected. Um, before I read the scripture, let's uh, pray. Dear Father, we're grateful for this time and for the opportunity to listen to your word. Father, I pray that you bless us with your spirit, God, and I pray that our hearts will be opened and, and uh, that, that our hearts will really see what you see, God, and, and, um, uh, and not be bothered or be anxious about anything at this point. I pray that you will bless our time, Father God, with, uh, with uh, just a sense of joy and, and, and um, peace in our hearts. Um, do protect us, Father God. I, I know in you know, there's a virus going on, but um, do protect us, Father God. But at the same time, we also pray for for um, China, where where uh, it, especially Wuhan, which is what everyone um, calls ground zero, Father God. I pray that you will uh, uh, protect those who are there, God, and and those who are affected by it. Um, uh, God, we, we, we don't know how to, how to be protected um, just physically, Father God. But what we do know is that you're always in control and you always protect us. We love you so much and we thank you. We, we praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, Genesis chapter 23. Um, I, I would say that Genesis is like, you know, we always talk about, uh, you know, this being like, a, you know, like a Netflix series, right? Genesis 23, and um, and I think when you look at the whole Genesis, if if if, if you may, I know I didn't ask Dave here, but but there are probably about five seasons here. Okay, season one would be from one to many, which is Genesis uh, one up to uh, uh, the Tower of Babel, and season two would probably be Abra- I would t- entitle it Abraham's journey, and season three would be it's a short season, which is Isaac's life. And then season four would be Jacob's, Jacob's lies. And season five is Joseph's dreams. And this is, this is, I believe, the finale of season two. Where Abraham, Abraham's journey uh, sort of stopped right here. Although you can argue that Genesis chapter 25 is really the, uh, the, the finale because that's when Abraham passed away or died. But this is the time when Isaac actually, or Isaac's life um, started when he, you know, soon after he was, um, he was, uh, um, uh, 
sacrifice in uh, Genesis 22. So, with that said, what would it look like, you know, for it to be the finale, you know? I've, I've just uh, seen uh, the final uh, uh, episode of Suits uh, of season 8, and it was, it was, it was intense, right? And, and when you read Genesis 23, would it be as intense? Let's read, okay? In verse 23. Uh, verse 1, chapter 23. Sarah lived to be 127 years old. She died at, uh, at uh, Kiryat Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went to mourn for Sarah and to weep over her. Then Abraham rose from beside her dead wife and spoke to the Hittites. He said, I'm a foreigner and a stranger among you. Sell me some property for a burial site here so I can bury my dead. The Hittites replied to Abraham, Sir, listen to us. You are a mighty prince among us. Bury your dead in the choices of, you, of our tombs. None of us will refuse you his tomb for burying your dead. Then Abraham rose and bowed down before the people of the land. Um, sorry. Uh, and the Hittites. He said to them, If you are willing to let me bury my dead, then listen to me and intercede with Ephron, son of Zohar, on my behalf. So he will sell me the cave of Machpelah, which belongs to him and is set, is at is at the end of this field. Ask him to sell it to me for the full price as a burial site among you. Ephron the Hittite was sitting among the people, and he replied to Abraham in the hearing of all the Hittites who had come to the gate of his city. No, my lord, he said, listen to me. I give you this field. Uh, I give you the field, and I give you the cave that is in it. I give it to you in the presence of my people. Bury your dead. Again, Abraham bowed down before the people of the land, and he said to Ephron in their hearing, Listen to me if you will. I will pay the price of the field. Accept it from me so I can bury my dead there. Ephron, the, Ephron answered Abraham, Listen to me, my lord. The land is worth 400 shekels of silver. But what is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham agreed to Ephron's terms and waited out for him the price he, has, he had named in the hearing of the Hittites, 400 shekels of silver, according to the weight current among the merchants. So Ephron's field in Machpelah near Mamre, both the field and the cave in it, and all the trees within the borders of the field was deeded to Abraham as his property in the presence of all the Hittites who had come to the gate of the city. Afterward, Abraham buried his wife in the cave in the in the cave in the field of Machpelah, uh, near Mamre, which is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. So the field and the cave in it were deeded to Abraham by the Hittites as a burial site. A season finale. It seems anticlimactic, isn't it? You know, but I think the, the way, you know, as I was, I was uh, you know, studying for this, for, for, for today, I was like, wow. I'm sure Genesis would be action-packed. And then I looked at Genesis 23. It's a scripture about transactions. And then, why didn't Dave give me Genesis 22? That's more exciting. Or Genesis 24. 23. A transaction. But I think, 
how we would appreciate the season finale is, so, is we need to understand the background behind these things. You know how in every episode of a particular series, there's this, you know, the first part is previously in Genesis. You know, so basically that's what we're going to do. But this time, since this is... Uh, uh, the season finale of, of season two of Genesis, we will actually go through the whole thing, you know, but bear with me here. I have a point towards the end, okay? Um, but th- but this, this is going to be exciting. This is not going to, bu- to be anticlimactic. This is not going to be boring, but this is going to be exciting. Amen? So previously in Genesis, are we on the same page now? Okay. All right. The title of... Uh, so so, uh, that was, the title of my message is Ground Zero, where it all began, okay, Genesis 23, okay? This is uh, Abraham's journey to the promised land, okay? As we can see in Genesis chapter 10, uh, or, or the latter part of Genesis chapter 10, is when it mentioned that Terah, Abraham's father, took his family to the journey to Canaan. You know, they settled in Haran, and this is where Terah died at the age of 205 years old. From Haran, Abraham, Sarai, and Lot's household then proceeded to Canaan, okay, where Abraham worshipped uh, God in Bethel, um, which is that one on, on top, okay? Um, but from Canaan, Abraham and Sarai proceeded to Egypt. Uh, because of a famine. Egypt is where Abraham told uh, Pharaoh that Sarai was uh, his sister. So, um, Terah originally wanted to go to Canaan, right? Uh, I don't know what the reason was. Maybe God took talk, uh, talk to Kara, uh, Terah, but, but maybe because Canaan is one of those cities that everyone wants to go to, right? Um, uh, maybe it's a prosperous uh, country. I don't have enough time to research about it. But I, it seems like it's a prosperous uh, part uh, there. And, and everyone just wanted to go to, to Canaan. But what happened was, uh, obviously, when they were in Haran, uh, Terah died, and then they moved to Canaan, but there was famine, unfortunately, and they went to Egypt. And then from Egypt, they went back um, to uh, the Negev, and then went back again to uh, uh, Bethel. Um, So that is, you see that in Genesis 13, where it says, Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier, and where he had first built an altar. There, Abraham called on the name of the Lord. Okay? So they went to the same place where they put up the tent before uh, between Bethel and Ai. Then Abraham and Lot went somewhere near Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay? Uh, Let's do that right now. Okay, they went somewhere near Sodom and Gomorrah. And I think it's probably, so from Bethel, they went to somewhere around that area. Okay? Um, So uh, Lot went eastward. See, uh, as you can see, Sodom and Gomorrah is eastward, and um, uh, Abraham went westward um, and stayed in pretty much in Hebron, uh, right there. Okay? Um, Take note that of what God said to Abraham after they split. This is covenant number two. Covenant number one happened in Haran. 
when, when God called Abraham to go to Canaan. Covenant number two happened in uh, Hebron, okay? Um, take, uh, it says there in chapter 13, verse 14, The Lord said to Abraham after Lot had parted from him, Look around from where you are to the north and to the south, to the east and west. All the land that you see I will give you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone would count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Um, go walk through the length and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abraham went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he pitched his tents, where he built an altar of the Lord. Okay, so they went to, to Canaan, uh, and he stayed in Hebron. And basically what happened was God gave him the second covenant. And God said, look, see where you're standing right now? All these will be yours. It's incredible how, you know, if you relate that to yourself, if you're probably an immigrant just like me, you came to New Zealand, you came to Auckland, and, and God all of a sudden, hey, look around you. All of these will be yours. Isn't that awesome? That is incredible. It's like, wow, this is such a progressive country. This is such an awesome country. And God said, and this is going to be mine? Really? You know, I remember the first time I, I was, you know, the first time I came to New Zealand, I was an air, on an airplane. This, this was July 9th, right? And it, it was about to land Auckland. And the sky was so blue. There's not a cloud. And at that point, even the, 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 before the plane was landing, I was like, man, this is such an awesome country. Because coming from the Philippines, you know, you have smog and fog and all these things and pollution. And for the first time, it's as if I, I had my, you know, new pair of glasses. I was like, man, I can see. You know, sometimes we take that for granted. This is an awesome country. But what if God said, you know, walk, John, walk from east to west, north to south, go to Cape Reina, go to Wellington. In fact, walk towards all the way to the South Island. You know, all of those will be yours. I mean, you'd go, would you believe? I mean, I'm sure at that point, you're probably going to say, I'm not sure about that. Okay, Genesis um, uh, 14, from somewhere around Hebron, Abraham defeated Kerdel, uh, that king, and, um, and his al the allied kings, right? And then, um, and then they kidnapped the relatives. Then Melchizedek, priest of the Mosai God and the king of Salem, blessed him. Note that for some scholars, based on the scriptures in the Bible, that Jebus, which is the land of the Jebusites, okay, right there, um, uh, became known as Jerusalem after King David captured it, okay, from the Jebusites, which is also Salem, where Melchizedek was king. It gets better later on, I'll show you. In Genesis chapter 15, which is covenant number 3, uh, so remember that in chapter 14, Abraham refused to, give a re uh, to, to be given a reward by the king of Sodom. God spoke to him and said, do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. Okay, I, I, I don't know what they, uh, uh, Abraham was feeling, but he was probably fe feeling some sort of fear. Uh, maybe he feared that uh, a retaliation might happen or that he might have made the wrong decision to not accept the reward. But God assured him that no, that's fine. God will still make it happen because God is his reward. 
It is easy for us to look at the reward rather than being grateful for God who, who is enough for our, uh, our lives. You know, God is our reward. God himself um, is Abraham's, was Abraham's reward. And for us as well as disciples, let this ring in our ears. God is our re- reward. It did not matter if you missed that promotion or you were not recognized because of your commitment to God and his family. God is our reward. Compared to the certificate of recognition or pay increase, we have God as our reward. Amen? Note that in Genesis 15 verse 8, um, Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? I mean, even him, he's, he's struggling to actually believe how God will give it to him. You know, although the scripture did not say where chapter 15 happened, it most likely happened where they were before this battle um, uh, and Melchizedek blessing happened, which either it's in Beersheba, which is towards the, the bottom, or Hebron, or around the area. The next place recorded in this time until the angels appeared in chapter 18 is where Abraham was in the great trees of Mamre, which is Hebron. Um, which also makes sense because this was the time when they have a view of Sodom and Gomorrah. So they were in Hebron. There you go. And the, the three angels, remember the three angels? Uh, and they were about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And it makes sense that, that from chapter 15 to chapter 18, Abraham and his household, uh, excluding Lot, was probably in Hebron uh, because they can see it. Hence, Covenant number three also happened in Hebron. Remember Tyson preaching about the you know God uh, you know uh, showed him a pot of fire or a fire sorry and went be- between those pieces of meat. That was Genesis 15. That happened in Hebron. So covenant number two, Heb- Hebron. After God destroyed. Um, after God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, Abraham went to Negev where the, uh, he met Abimelech, Genesis chapter 20. Note that his family might have been removed from Hebron, okay, so he, Negev, okay, that's where he met uh, Abimelech. They were probably, uh, they, his family might have been removed from Hebron due to something we do not know about since why would you move to a place where you are forced to lie, right? But I don't know what happened there. Um, and then they went to Hebron, and at that point, okay, remember, Genesis 15, Sarah was already, how many years old? About 89, 90, right? And they went to Negev. And at age 90 years old, the scripture says she was still considered beautiful. That's just a side point. But at 90 years old, she was still considered beautiful that Abraham actually feared that when Abimelech uh, sees Sarai that they would go they would kill Abraham because she's so beautiful at 90 years old amazing the really interesting about this instance is that Abimelech is is it said in the scripture that God did not give did not allow Abimelech to touch her can you imagine if something like that happened then a year after she gave birth Okay, that would mean who, we, we wouldn't know who will be the father, right? But God prevented that. We don't want to go there, but the fact is God 
prevented it to hap uh, from happening. Another thing to take note is that Abimelech gave him a thousand shekels of silver. Might be an important piece of the puzzle. Might not be, but soon we'll, you know you might uh, make it, uh, you might appreciate that fact. Then the treaty in Beersheba with Abimelech, right? Uh, so there, uh, it's about this well. Um, that uh, Abraham said, this is our well, and then they, and they, they also had a treaty there. Then finally, the sacrifice of Isaac in chapter 22. Where did that happen? When God called I, uh, Abraham and said, you know, you need to sacrifice Isaac. This was actually in Beersheba. Okay? Um, the region of Moriah is actually somewhere in Jebus. The region of Moriah, which is Mount Moriah, right? Uh, or Salem, where Abraham met Mel Melchizedek. There are also some scriptures, scriptures that says Mount Moriah is part of the area captured by King David from Jebusites, or, the Je or, or Jebus, which was later renamed the City of David. And later, Jerusalem. In fact, according to some scholars, though possibly a stretch, Mount Moriah might also possibly be the hill called Golgotha. It is interesting to note that the place where Isaac was sacrificed, where God said to Abraham, your only son, is also the place where Jesus, God's only son, was crucified and sacrificed. So what can we learn from chapter 23? So as you can see from Beersheba, they had to travel in order to sacrifice Isaac. They had to travel to Mount Moriah. But where did they pass? They had to pass Hebron. Okay. What do we understand about chapter 23? Why was it ground zero? Hebron was ground zero. That the place was where possibly two of the three covenants happened. When Abraham was going to Mount Moriah from Beersheba, he had to pass by Hebron. God challenged him to sacrifice his son, but at the same time, he passed by Hebron and got reminded of the covenant. That this land will be yours and you will have many descendants. Sometimes God wants to remind us of his promises when we face a very difficult challenge from God. But we just need to keep on holding on to that promise. So as imagine the scene when Abraham was walking to Mount Moriah and they passed by Hebron. I'm sure in Abraham's mind it's like, I remember this altar. This is the time when God told me that I'm, I'm going to own this and I will be a father of many. So for him, that gave him strength to actually go to Mount Moriah. Because in Mount Moriah, even though he was going to, in his mind, going to sacrifice Isaac, he still, from Hebron to Mount Moriah, he still, can, you know, she still started thinking, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because, because God did promise me. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm just going to follow God. You know, in a way, you can, you can almost, you know, conclude that it's sort of blind faith. Actually, it's not. Because God had a promise to Abraham that that was going to happen. Hebron was ground zero. 
You know, the reason why it is ground zero, and I, I asked myself when I was starting this lesson, why did actually uh, Abraham choose Hebron to be where they, you know, where, where God would want to uh, bury them? It was because of all these. The reason it was ground zero was that Abraham, prior to buying the property, was still a foreigner in that land. When God said, you will own this land. At that time of negotiation, actually it wasn't really a negotiation because it wasn't, no bargaining happened. It's actually just contract signing. You know how when you're trying to sell something, what's your first price? Isn't that the very top price? So that you understand that, you know, I'm, I'm sure this person will ask for a smaller price. And then I'll go, then let's meet halfway. But this, after, uh, after he was given a price of 400 silvers of shekels, he said, deal. It became very clear before the rulers that Abraham bought the place, weighed in 400 shekels of silver in front of everyone. Um, but one of the reasons why I wanted us to, to take note of the 1,000 shekels is because I think because Abraham already has 1,000 shekels, he did not actually mind paying for the place for 400 shekels of silver. Because in essence, they gave him the money to get the land. But who actually gave Abraham the land? God. The very people he was buying the property from. Again, he did not really acquire it through payment, but God gave it to him. And I can say that Hebron was ground zero because the faith virus happened there and infected everyone from this place and is still influencing everyone in the world. Not only that time, but until now. You know, when we think about the story, it may be anticlimactic, but what we don't understand is before this time, Abraham never really had anything. This was the very first time that God's promise was actually being fulfilled. Right before people... You know, that point when he weighed 400 shekels of silver, that's when they gave him the property, it was deeded to him, and it was a time. And I think when we read through it in the surface, it's like it's just a transaction. No, it's not. It's ground zero of God's promise being fulfilled. That is Hebron. It's ground zero of God fulfilling his promises. Will you allow yourself to be continually influenced by this faith virus? If you're hearing this for the first time, don't you feel like God is really calling you now? Makes you want to think, what am I doing with my life? There is more to life than just living day to day. There is more to life than just living in selfish acts. There is more to life than just this or that. God makes promises that, that he fulfills no matter what it takes. No matter what it takes. 
God is this awesome God. You know, again, if you're visiting, if you're, you haven't been studying the Bible yet, look at it. Don't look at the Bible as just a book. Don't look at it as if it's just another uh, uh, literature. It is the story of God and how God fulfills His promises. If you're a disciple who is just content with going to church, attending the Bible talks, or just going through the motions, don't you feel like God is talking to you as well? Is my relationship with God just this? Just going to church? Isn't God so much more? Therefore, God's expectation of me should be so much more? Enough with small thinking. Enough with life that is not impacting. God will do whatever it takes, whether with me or not. But I would rather be part of the plan. So am I going to do it? So what am I going to do now? I need to wake up because it's not too late. What seemed an obscure scripture towards the end of the chapter, understanding what we understand now, I believe brings shivers to our spines. In chapter 23, verse 19, afterward, Abraham buried his wife, Sarah, in the cave in the field of Machpelah near Mamre which is Hebron, in the land of Canaan, the promised land. Hebron was ground zero of the promises of God. It was not just a transaction, nor an anticlimactic final finale of season two. It was ground zero of God's covenant and promises coming true. Thank you.